0: Welcome to this week's edition of Utnaboot, the podcast within a podcast, where we discuss history that we see Utnaboot and in action. I'm Keely McCavitt, and sitting here with me are
1: Robin Mullins and Beth Solis. Special edition. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome,
2: Beth. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm feeling special. (laughs)
1: You should. This is a very like auspicious occasion.
2: Nice word. (laughs) Thank
1: you. (laughs) When we have a Brit on, we have to um
2: glass it up Up a little.
1: (laughs) 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 So this episode is very like no history family oriented because
0: Beth, you've done research for us in the past. Um, I have, yes. On different episodes.
1: And is currently uh-huh. doing some research for an upcoming uh-huh. episode. Which right. is very exciting.
0: <laughs> Imminent research. Yes. <laughs> Behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and this week's topic actually comes to us from fan of the podcast and also the mother of Cassandra, who works with us as well. So Cassandra is responsible for uploading the web content. So when we talk about show notes all the time, like, it'll be posted in the show notes. Look for our bibliography. Cassandra is the one who's responsible for uploading everything to the website. Okay, so to start off, I'm going to ask both of you to answer a question for me. Where are you from? Like, what town are you born in? And if you had to pick one thing that that
1: place was famous for, what would it be? So, like, I mean, I was born in a place that I did not necessarily live for the majority of my life. So
0: pick the one that you feel a connection to, that you live for the most of your childhood, I guess.
1: (laughs) So I have a lot of potential hometowns and home cities, I guess. Um, I grew up in a a variety of places in the greater Toronto area, but I spent probably the longest chunk of time in Millgrove, which is a part of Flamborough, which is also where Nick Bridges hails from. Uh, What what? He's not here to represent right now, but he obviously is chiming in. So I would have to say Millgrove is probably my favorite, and um... The question was, what makes it unique? Like, if I had to ask you, so Millgrove, what is it
0: famous for? If you had to pick, like, one thing, one event, one person from there. Oh, nothing. It's
1: tiny. <laughs> so yeah. zero.
0: That's what I was
2: thinking. Zero things of note. <laughs> what about you, Beth? Um, well, I'm originally from a town called Yately in Hampshire, England, which I don't know if there's... I'm sure there is. I mean... It's England. It's England. There's history everywhere. But, mm. like... I'm not Hampshire, Jane Austen maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but then in Canada, I've lived in Collingwood for a really long time, mm. but I don't really know what Collingwood's famous for either.
1: Actually, I have, as as Beth was talking, I was able to gather my thoughts a bit more, <laughs> and um, Millgrove is it part of the large parcel of the greater Ontario chunk that was given to Isaac Brock and to his family members, so... There's a lot of Brock-related stuff Mm -hmm. nearby, not necessarily in Millgrove itself, but there's a lot of Brock stuff around. I think
2: Collingwood is Admiral Collingwood, so there's, like, the similar kind of Mm
1: -hmm. history.
2: British people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shipyard town. That's something. (laughs) some, like, edge, Yeah. Not anymore. Now it's touristy. (laughs) But back in the day, that was edgy. (laughs) People loved that back in the day.
0: So... Going with this theme of, like, small-town fame or interesting things from your small town. Wait, you didn't tell us about you. I don't want to talk about London! (laughs) (laughs) I'm from London, Ontario. And there are a lot of interesting things, I guess, about London, Ontario. Um, But my favorite is that Guy Lombardo, who wrote Old Ang is from London, Ontario.
2: Oh, that's a really, that's a good fact. So it's
0: New Year's, there's a bridge named after him, there's a weird pavilion in the park. Love it. So it's not just big cities that have really cool bits of history or interesting factoids attached to them. There are a lot
1: of... Do you mean big cities like London? Oh, huge
0: cities like London. (laughs) Once again, not the UK, London, Ontario, the center of the world. (laughs) It is not just large cities, such as my hometown, that have pillars of history attached to them, like Guy (laughs) Lombardo, national treasure. (laughs) Um, It's also small towns, too, And this is why this story is particularly special. Cassandra's mom set this in as a topic, and it relates to a small town called Cobden, Ontario, which is the site of a very famous and controversial discovery. What's exciting is this small town is touted as the discovery site of Samuel de Champlain's Astrolabe, which was long lost and then apparently found. This is such a big deal in this town that there is an arena called Astrolabe Arena, as well as an Astrolabe Street and an Astrolabe Lake. So for some background and the story of how this object is said to have arrived in Cobden, Samuel de Champlain was a French explorer who opened up Canada for the fur trade. So this is something that a lot of us already know. We probably learned it in history class at school. So he's recorded to have been traveling down the Ottawa River in May 1613. Him and his party needed an easier route and turned off the Ottawa River towards small lakes and rivers. So this area was Cobden and Muskrat Lake. They were forced to portage at Green Lake, which is beside Cobden, and has since been renamed Astrolabe Lake. According to the historical logs, Champlain lost his astrolabe on this very portage. The 12-centimeter-wide, 629-gram brass instrument was unearthed in 1867 by a farm boy named Edward Lee, who then offered to sell it to a sea captain named Charles Overman, and it ended up being willed to the New York Historical Society in the 1940s, so it made quite the journey. Part of the story is that Edward Lee offered to sell it to Charles Overman, and Charles Overman apparently took it and never paid him, and then it kind of exchanged hands a couple times between other captains, he was a captain, and then it just found its way to New York because a lot of the captains were American or Canadian and traveling through those waterways. So this has all become like solidified in the lore of the astrolabe as an object and of Cobden in the area.
1: Right, of course, it's like local legend, local mm. myth—you know, the the origin story. Mm. A lot of places have something like that, and mm. why wouldn't this become a huge part of their historical memory when it's such an
2: interesting story? And it puts Cobden on the map, right? You know. I'm also picturing, like, a sundial, and I know that's not right. Like, I'm picturing, like, a handheld sundial <laughs> slash compass. It's
1: it, like, <laughs> basically kind of like that. It's like it's, a circular, yeah, it's like a yeah. disc, and then it's got a little, like, handily thing that comes out. Yeah,
2: and the image
0: of it, it's, like, very beautiful. It's just all brass, and there's all these little moving parts, and it's almost like a fancy necklace. So, eventually, the astrolabe made its way back to Canada to celebrate the Canadian Museum of Civilization's grand opening which was in June of 1989 so it kind of became a symbol of like a reclamation and also the opening of this major Canadian institution so at the time the astrolabe was described by the museum director George Macdonald as a national icon and the then communications minister Marcel Maas described it as quote a sacred part of our history and a symbol of the discovery of our land end quote a replica of it even took a trip to outer space, which I think is crazy, with Canadian astronaut Julie Payette. Now our Governor General. Yeah. <laughs> it was meant to symbolize the nation's spirit of exploration. So this all sounds great, right? Like, oh, what a wonderful story! And yeah.
2: ah. I can't believe I haven't heard of it before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's been to
2: space.
0: <laughs> well, well it's a, a replica. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Its twin brother went to space, but still. So you can see through all like, the way that it was talked about and like the way that it's been presented. It's this huge sort of symbol of nation building, mm-hmm. but it is very controversial whether or not this was actually Champlain's astrolabe or if it was just one of that time period. So in 2013, the famous provenance was made even more tenuous by the acquisition of an 1893 document penned by one Captain David Cowley, who was a contemporary... From, of Charles Overman? Yeah, of Charles Overman which lists the astrolabe amongst many other objects that were found in that area around that time. So many historians suggest that instead of being lost by Champlain specifically, the astrolabe was most likely just left behind by Jesuit priests, and this is seemingly made even more likely because it was apparently found with a set of communion cups. So at the time that it was found by the child, it was also kind of amongst or nearby other
1: things of a similar time period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So...
2: That does seem questionable. Right. (laughs) But, I mean, Mm.
1: no matter what the provenance is, Mm. it doesn't negate the fact that this is a fairly historical object Mm -hmm. that has traveled through time and Mm. through different places and has been on journeys and, like, the instrument itself now has quite a history mm-hmm. of its own whether or not
2: yeah it was his or not yeah marine, yeah, yeah
1: whatever its historical significance it now has a, it's been imbued with a history of its own by
2: mm-hmm. going on
1: these journeys being parts of these ex- exhibitions and having a, a replica made that goes into space like now it has its own story and this is part of that story
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like there's some discussion too as to how the
0: object kind of helps Champlain become an even more elevated sort of historical figure, and how Champlain elevates the object to being a more important historical object than it otherwise would be, yeah. regardless of whether or not it was his. So that's also very interesting, because it shows us what we value, and, you know, our story through object. So what about you, stargazing listener? Do you think the astrolabe was dropped by Champlain? Or are you not convinced it belonged to the famous cartographer? To let us know your answers, or if you have noticed something interesting Oot a or in your hometown, that you would like to share, send us an email at podcast or reach out on social media at Notice History. Your topic could be featured on our next episode. Thank you again to Brenda for sending in this week's suggestion. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and subscribe to Notice History wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to Oot and and we will see you next Tuesday on a brand new episode of Notice History.